You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome to episode 7 of That's Awesome. It's me, Joe. Thank you for coming back and listening. Um, Today, uh, I'm going to introduce someone to you that hopefully you'll all get to know well in the future. I have with me now Josh. Uh, Josh, say hi. Hey. Hey, it's Josh. Um, Josh uh, has been, I, I talked about it briefly on the last podcast, uh, he's been running the socials, uh, responding to all your messages, helping me kind of just organize things, and uh, we'll slowly be taking on more roles as time goes on and everything. But I wanted to uh, have Josh on and continue to have Josh on uh, as part of the opening segment of the podcast uh, for a bunch of reasons, which we'll we'll kind of get into. But first, I, I just want to give Josh a second to just introduce himself like so tell us where are you from like how you know about the podcast even which i know it's very new and all that stuff but you know all that kind of shit yeah um so i'm from illinois i live about an hour north of chicago uh i've been into music forever and found ice nine kills and after that you know as soon as the podcast started i i just you know, I saw it and you put out the post for someone to help you. And I was like, you know, why not? Yeah. It's like, and you responded and- first. <laughs> so here you are <laughs> yet to be determined if you were the best pick. <laughs> oh, great. We'll see. No, but, uh, it's been great so far and, uh, very happy to have you here. Um, I think, um, I was telling Josh earlier before we even started the podcast is like, I find myself, or I constantly surprise myself with how out of touch I am with the music scene while being so immersed in it. Um, so I wanted someone else on that maybe follows the scene m- more closely than I do or, or even can just offer some a different perspective on it. Um, so we've even been able to talk about like who we might want to have come on in the future um, and what style interviews and more content and all that kind of stuff together. So um, – yeah, so that'll be cool uh, when we get you kind of more involved and all that stuff. But from now on, yeah. when people message any accounts, uh, it's going to 
more than likely be you responding. And then I'll see it and all that stuff. But to be honest with you, I'm just so horrible at checking messages and all that stuff that I just really needed someone else <laughs> to do it. So it's not that I don't want to talk to anyone, but you'll have a better time talking to Josh anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, let's dive into this stuff. Um, so this week we are interviewing um, Matt Madeiro from the band From Ashes to New. Um, we actually literally just finished interviewing him, so we're recording this right after. Um, really excited about, to release this one because I think it, it was funny. <laughs> was it, Josh, I don't know. Was it good? I feel like it was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was the funniest one so far. Okay, good. Um, Matt and I have uh, a different relationship because we, we just bonded really well on the very first tour I did with Ice Nine, uh, which was a co-headliner. Uh, with us and from Ashes to New. And then immediately following that tour, we were on another tour together when we were both, both of our bands were supporting um, Falling in Reverse. And then we also played festival dates together. So we've crossed paths many, many times, but we just get along really well because we have the same very juvenile sense of humor that you will uh, <laughs> get a glimpse of uh, towards the end of the interview, I would say, right? Um, yeah. For sure. So, yeah, I don't want to talk too long. Um, I would say thank you again for coming back. Thank you again for those of you that have donated and including the multiple people that have actually donated more than once. Even the small amounts are helpful. So thank you guys. Much appreciated. Um, if you are interested in donating and supporting um, all the artists that I have on, including the podcast, and we'll, like I said in the last uh, – in two episodes ago, we'll be donating to uh, several different charities this week as well, or this month rather. You can do that at paypal.me slash that's awesome pod. Cool. So I won't hold up any longer. Uh, let's send it over to Matt. You got me higher, but lately I'm feeling low. I look into your eyes and my heart has turned to stone. Cause over and over I go under just to discover that. It never mattered where I went because I'm coming back. And in the end, you're the only Xanax I had. Cause thinking the leaving is giving me panic attacks. Just when I think I've cut you Uh, where are you right now? I'm uh, I'm back home right now in Pennsylvania. Is it fun? It's boring. I hate it. Do you? <laughs> no, I don't hate it, hate it, but it's just like, <clears throat> oh man, just being home sometimes it's nice, but then it's also just because you're trapped. So I don't know. Yeah, just like I, I live in like the countryside and everything. Yeah, I know. I'm I like am envious. I love it there. Mm it's fun well i guess wait you've been to ricky's haven't you yeah yeah i love that area 
Yeah, so it's not far from his place. Like, our rehearsal spot's not far from his house, actually. Dope. And uh, it's just like, I don't know, it gets so boring after a while. Like, I can't stand just dealing with the Amish and the slow life sometimes. Dude, I'm like, I'm I, ready to go. I um, go back to, like, moving. And the last time I was there, I spent an extra, like, 30 minutes probably at a gas station convenience store just watching all like the Amish teenagers is like one thirty in the morning, like running in and out of this convenience <laughs> store in the middle of nowhere. It was very entertaining. What, probably... what, what language are, do they speak? Cause I, I, they were speaking a different language. I, it's like, what is it? It's, uh, it's something Dutch, Dutch, isn't it? It's yeah, Dutch. Something Dutch. By the way, this is Josh. <laughs> What's up, man? Hi. Um, Josh helps me out with the podcast, and this is the first interview he's sitting in on. So we're going to – Sick. He may chime in every now and then. I don't know if you can see us or if you're even I'll watching. But, um, no, I can see you guys. Okay, cool. You might hear my friend's baby crying in the background a little bit. That's cool. I'll, I can involve him in the interview too. Um, <laughs> so listen, dude. I, uh, thanks for jumping on. I appreciate it. Of course. Um, I guess everything that we've done thus far has been kind of like just kind of going through musical history, um, which I do want to do with you. But I wanted to start and just kind of chat real quick about how what our relationship is and how we met, um, if that's yeah. cool with you. Uh, and then I just yeah. want – I'm going to ask you a bunch of random shit and, or the conversation will just go there anyway because I feel like that's what happens when we talk. Um, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we <laughs> – first met on it was actually my first tour with ice nine so my first show i played with ice nine as a member was like the day that we we met um where was that what it was somewhere in new york it was syracuse it albany it was in syracuse oh syracuse yeah. and it was the the yeah, lost horizon yeah yeah we just recently played that again oh just like a one-off show yeah, it's just like a quick one-off show. Yeah. Um, and then, so we that was the co-headliner we were doing. Um, yeah, back in March, was it 2000? It was last year. It was like a little more than a yeah. year ago. Um, and then immediately after that, we went on the episode something tour. Episode two. Three. Two or three. three. Episode three tour. Something like that. <laughs> um, with... <laughs> Falling in Reverse, and New Year's Day. Yeah. So I think at that at this point, aside from people in my band, I've spent the most time on the road with you um, because that was two tours back-to-back. Yeah. So I would say I know you Absolutely. probably more than I know most of the people that I've toured with. I think. I would agree. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. And we spent some like real quality time together. (laughs) (laughs) Probably some of the dumbest moments. Yeah. So, so, um, because we were both, it was a co headliner, was the first tour. And then we were both supporting on the second tour. So we kind of had, (laughs) I remember there were moments where it was me and you talking, totally joking about how much it sucked to be the the opener and like complaining and shit. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. We went from like we had everything we needed or whatever, and just doing whatever. We had total control, and mm-hmm. it was just like, all right, now sit down and shut up and right. accept where you're at. And we're like, shit, 
All yeah. right. <laughs> you know what though? I I love I prefer that to be honest with you. Like I kind of uh, learned that about uh, myself yeah. recently. It was fun. Yeah, I I so much more at least right now I I'm really enjoying supporting tours because I like like having more of a regimented schedule and having my day done earlier. If that makes sense. You know? Yeah. Um no, I I get that. It's yeah. also like as we experience it's a lot of work being a co-headline bill or a, a headline bill or yeah. anything like that. Like it's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's especially totally seeing fun. those numbers come out and knowing that you're doing well. Yeah. But it's also like, it's kind of cool, you know, uh, the show goes through the rest of the night and maybe watching a headliner. Right. And like, yeah. Okay. Like, just get to chill, relax, have some drinks, and see a show rather than get done and be like, all right, now we've got all this extra stuff to do. And that's the thing that's like, especially brutal with Ice Nine is that I. I don't get to watch any bands that play before us because I have to sit there while someone paints my face white, you know, and that takes yep. like a really <laughs> long time, part. which I know, you know, because we had to share dressing rooms almost every day. Um, how much I enjoy yeah. that part. I mean, it was, so, it looks so much fun to me that I even had Chevy help me. Did you do it one day? <laughs> I'm yeah. To... The one day, where were we? We were in, um, we we're in Dallas at uh some random spot i don't think it's a venue anymore but it was right near deep ellum oh my and I god had paint like the my my logo like i remember right my eye like a teardrop and yep. i had to do something else do you remember what we did face. that day you look hard um do you remember what we did that day during our vip oh my yeah i did <laughs> wait who was it it was oh, it was um, Lou from Palisades. <laughs> yeah, just tell that story real oh quick. Oh my god, <laughs> it's the best. Oh my god, <laughs> I didn't even best. realize at first that he was dressed up <laughs> like one of your guys' fans, because <laughs> you guys always did the uh, the little trivia things, and it was right. like all of you guys versus Spencer, or it eventually became that. But I think at that time, you well, guys still no, split it was up in groups. Yeah, it was in groups. Um, and and Chevy had done like his makeup and stuff, so he had like. <laughs> horror movie makeup on <laughs> and like a wig <laughs> a huge wig he looked like the biggest scene tween like <laughs> that i've ever oh my seen god it was great like, straight from like 07 warp tour <laughs> but we put him in he spencer's very group emotional yeah we we put him in yeah. spencer's group for like the horror movie series. so spencer was like with him the entire time it was amazing and he was just he was just standing right next to him and just being so uncomfortable. And Spencer was dealing with it so well and so professionally. But you could tell he was just like, who is this person? Yeah. Yeah. Because like, he kept like demanding like, to answer the questions and shit. And they were always wrong. <laughs> but I, and then he, he didn't know the entire oh. time until the very end when we took like a big group photo and Lou got like right next to Spencer and they took one picture, still didn't know. And then Lou just started staring at Spencer and Spencer finally figured it out. But they were like, they were even fans that knew and, and they were figuring it out that it was Lou. And I was like, don't say anything. Like, just keep your mouth shut. Yeah, like, like just please keep this quiet. And uh, I just remember walking around. I totally forgot about this. And I remember walking around just hysterically laughing, just that like was wondering when he was going to realize. That was incredible. I was so good. It was so great. Wait, that was the same night. We had, oh my God, the dressing room in that place was like the probably the most disgusting thing we've had to deal with 
on any tour. Oh, that was the one upstairs. And we were dancing in it. Yeah, and we were like messing with everybody. Yeah, like the whole crowd was like watching you and me in the window (laughs) while I think who was playing. It was like Afterlife or somebody was playing and we're just like being absolutely ridiculous. We we were, uh, me and you were by far the most annoying people on that tour. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And then if you got us together, it just became three times worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do remember there was... Go ahead. Go ahead. I still have the uh, the photo of us in the dressing room first day of the episode three tour. And we were being like, that was at the end of what a month and a half of us being on a co-headliner. So we're already starting to lose our minds. And then we hop into that tour for another month. Uh-huh. And the, I would just remember being like, man, the falling reverse camp has got to think we are the strangest people, but yeah, I still have I a photo of us laying on the floor and we're planking, but like planking on each other, <laughs> just laying there for like 10 minutes <laughs> and waiting for people to just kind of walk through the dressing room. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Oh, that, was dude. that the first day? Oh, that was, you're right. That was Vegas. That was the first day of that tour in Vegas. Yeah. And then we went out that night too. I don't, I don't remember what happened. We oh, there was a the good place. picture. I remember that night everybody too. went everywhere. Yeah, that was insane. Uh, and it was also – that's actually the first time I had been to a dispensary was in Vegas, <laughs> that that trip. Oh, really? It was a great treat for me. I still I still have never been to one. Oh, my God. Changed my life. Um, but anyway, cool. We got past that. <laughs> we'll probably come back to it because I imagine we're eventually going to talk about um, the lake house at some point too. But um, let's – Oh, yeah. Let's go back. I want to I, I wanna talk more about, like, stuff I don't know about you as well. So, like, I know – what I know about you is, as far as your music career goes, is obviously from Ashes to New. I know you had a brief yeah. playing stint with Trivium, right? Yeah, for about two – it was, like, just, like, a month under two years. Oh, wow. So that's longer than I thought. Um, but what yeah. was – we'll get there, too. But what – when did you start with? How did you even end up at those places? I, well, I was like networking. The original start that happened, and I'll make like a long story, long story a lot shorter, um, was that like back when MySpace was a huge thing, I always used to try to put bands together myself, and mm-hmm. I would always network on MySpace because MySpace had it so like you could see who the band was connected with like very easy. Like it, was, yeah. it worked very, very well to like network with people. And I found this dude from Ohio, his name's DJQ, or that's what he went by, Quentin Delaney. He now drives buses and has been doing a bunch of stuff in the music industry for a while, but he started off as like a local sort of promoter middle manager for a lot of bands in Ohio, uh, Michigan, sort of Indiana, that sort of area out there. And had connections with a buddy studio. Scene in Ohio? Sort of, yeah, like Sumerian, Rise Records, like all of that. Like with Miss May I, We Came as Romans, Mm -hmm. uh, Icy Stars. So he ended up working pretty seriously with Icy Stars back in the day and eventually became their tour manager and driver when they went into a bandwagon. So he started bringing me out because we kept in contact and he started bringing me out to all their shows around my area, which would be like, I would travel to New York maybe if it was close because it's only two hours away. Right. So in like New York, Delaware, Maryland, anywhere in Pennsylvania really that was close enough. Um, so I would just go and hang out and just network with those dudes and, and got to a point where I became friends with them and they you know, knew who I was and it was for a whole year. And 
he hit me up and goes, yo, dude, like, I know, like, you've been trying to put these bands together. And he's like, you're cool with the guys, but he's like, you've helped us out a bunch with setting up drums and setting up the equipment. He's like, you came out a couple times at shows and just did everything with our guitar tech. He's like, we're looking to do a headliner in January of 2012. And he's like, I want to tell the guys I want you to come out because he was tour managing at the time. He's like, I want the guys to have you as a drum tech. I think you'd be good for the team. So I up and like basically just quit my job and I was working in a, a factory. I hated it. And um, I was in a studio session with a couple of my friends just trying to put together like an EP. Mm-hmm. And I got that call. So I, like I said, I quit my job on a Friday, I think is what it was. And got ready to leave the next week, pretty much to go travel out to Cleveland, meet up with him and go pick up the bandwagon. So I started with Icy Stars on their headliner in 2012. I think what, it was with what, like who else was on Miss that tour? Uh, Memphis Mayfire was on it. Our last night was on it. Uh, I forget. Make I think Me I played, Famous was on it. I think I played a date of that tour as a local. Really? Yeah, I'm like fairly certain I did. In in like it was either in like Worcester or Manchester, New Hampshire. I think. There was dates. There was dates in there for yeah, sure. In I'm that like area. fairly certain that I did. That's funny. <laughs> like a smaller, like a little bit of a smaller venue. I can't it was like maybe was a 250 cap or something. That. I remember. I, I want to yeah, say it was in it Manchester. Was a small tour. But yeah. That's anyway, so that could cool. happen. Yeah. So yeah, I did that, and then the second tour was the Asking Alexandria tour that they did where Trivium was direct support. And I went back out on that one. And then I started to be friends with all the other bands as you know, we always do like, we always just try to mingle and network and, you know, we're living with each other for the next month and a half or whatever it is. So it's like trying to be friends with everybody. And I became pretty good buddies with the Trivium guys. And they started bringing me up on the bus and stuff found out at the end of the tour while working with their tour manager, he was helping run sound for IC stars as well to make, you know, a day rate basically. Sure. And, uh, he hit me up and was like, Hey, like our jump tech's leaving. So there's a possibility. He's like, you're out here, you know, killing it. You're not really making any funds or anything. He's like, you're obviously new to this, but he's like, might want to take you into our team. So they hit me up and I see stars was at a point where they were looking to just kind of maybe start doing things themselves to make a little extra cash for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm going to take this opportunity then. So I switched over to trivium and I started drum teching for them. From 2012, like I think it was April 2012, all the way until they hired me as their drummer in 2014. So when you were drum teching for them, what what were the rooms like that they were in? Um, sorry, I'm getting a call. One second. That's I okay. uh, it depended on the tour. A lot of the stuff was like at that time if they were headlining, probably the same sort of venues that we did like on our co-headliners, like 800, 500 to a thousand anywhere in that range. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of the stuff that I was doing with them at first was everything around festivals. And they're really good with doing like, yeah, they're booking festivals and, and then booking really good one-offs uh-huh. around them. So it makes a full tour. They play with locals and it's just them headlining and they're right. still doing, really good in those clubs and i'm just like damn um but if it was a full tour especially over in europe then we were playing like 2000 cap that's nuts that must have been so cool to just more jump from that right into <laughs> like yeah, that's it was a like, big jump that's nuts it was like a week after i got done the tour 
they hit me up and were like, Hey, like this is happening. We need a guy. They're a drummer at the time that I replaced, uh, was going to try and drum tech himself and it didn't work out. So Joey hits me up and goes, yo, we're going to fly you down tomorrow. I need you ready to, to go. He's like, we're going to fly you into Tampa. And they were playing the Tampa. What is it? It's a big festival that happens in Tampa at the arena there where the thunder play or something or the, the oh. hockey team plays. Okay. And I fly in Lightning. It's like shine downs. <laughs> yeah. Shinedown's headlining, Evanescence is on the bill, Five Figure Death Punch is on it. It's like all these bands, they're playing inside the arena. I like walk into this. I'm throwing my bags on a, a really nice tour bus. I just yeah, was flown crazy. down to a, a, a show, like rather than having to drive six hours myself and spend the money on my own gas and everything. I'm like, I feel like I'm living this rock star. They go, all right, here's the drum set. It is already set up. Here's the dressing rooms. Here's all this stuff. And I'm like, what is my life? Just went from like, sleeping on a bandwagon couch with a leaking window to like in a bus in arenas. I'm like, right. what is happening? That's so sad. It was, I was starstruck. I'm like, I'm like looking at all the back lines of like all these huge drum sets and like production and stuff, just ready, ready to go for like the show. And I'm just like, this is some next level stuff. I'm like, right. don't fuck this up. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, like, I mean, dude, even with like ice nine, like when I joined that, you know, I, like I said, I've only been in the band for a little bit and we did in July, like those, we, we did them with you, didn't we? The rock fest and rock USA in July. Yeah. And like, yeah, even seeing like, that was the first time I had been exposed to massive, like rock bands like that are like in yeah. the, in like the heavy rock scene, like I, at least that up close right so seeing like yeah like breaking benjamin right and like those bands pull up with like five and six full tour buses in 10 18 wheelers carrying their production i'm like holy shit You're this is like, like lady what? gaga like just showed up you know it's yeah fucking it's wild nuts. um that's what i flew into that day and i was just like i just saw a sea of like tractor trailers and tour buses and i'm like what the fuck like this is crazy yeah wild um and so then how did it end up that you ended up playing for um so 2012 kept going on with me just drum teching and just kind of proving myself with them and then we did a tour with asley dying i went over and worked with asley dying for a little while and drum teched with them and then everything kind of happened with that whole you know situation right and then i went back to trivium and um i went back with them and i knew at that point in time that there was obviously some more and more differences happening between some members of the band um so as time went on carolina rebellion happened in 2014 and there was a huge falling out that night um just a big argument basically and the next day in pittsburgh they decided that they were going to let nick go and they wow. called me into the hotel room. I remember laying in the bed of the hotel room, just pretty exhausted. Like we've been at it for a while. Those dudes, they tour and they tour heavy. Like they, they don't really stop. They're out for like 10 months of the year, pretty much. Like they're going pretty heavy. Yeah. They're um, always out. We so just, we in just the, saw them with in uh, Australia and they had already been out for like four months or something, I think. Yeah. Yeah. My first year with them, I was probably home for, a total of a month yeah, in between. Nice. Like there would be five weeks, five weeks, three days at home, back out for five. It's crazy. But, um, so Carolina Rebellion happened and 
that falling out happened. The next day I'm in Pittsburgh, I'm laying in the hotel room, getting like laundry stuff done, just relaxing, sitting on my phone. I get a call from Joey, the tour manager. And he's like, Hey man, I'm, I need you to come to my room. He's like, I got to talk with you. And I'm like, okay, it's not about pretty It's not about, you know, I just got my pretty and signed the sheet. Like I knew I wasn't in trouble, but for some reason I had this like gut feeling Oh man, what did I do? It's like, just the tour manager. My heart just Anytime sang. a tour manager texts you like that, yeah. dude, <laughs> that's that's a scary text like, to receive. Oh no, my mind just starts going crazy. I'm just like, all right, I'm like creeping out the door. I'm just like taking deep breaths. I'm like, what is happening? But I knew what happened the night before. So like in the back of my mind, I'm like, am I going to be told like I might have to play soon or something? I'm like, what's going on? So I walk in, I knock on the door, I they open up the door. There's Matt Hafey standing in front. Corey's off to the side and Paulo's like right behind or some, you know, they're right there. And then there's a tour manager and I'm just like, Oh boy, what is happening? And, and Paulo was just like, all right, we're going to cut to the chase. And Nick is on his way home. He's in a cab right now. He's going to the airport. He's flying home. He's like, we need you to land the set. And we need you to, we need to know how fast you can land the set. And I was like, uh, my heart's just like pumping. Yeah, I literally had to kneel down crazy. and I'm sitting in this room and I'm just like, I'm like, what the hell? Cause right now we're on a, we were on a Volbeat tour doing festivals as well. And Volbeat was blowing up. So the next show was in Niagara Falls. It's like a 3000 cap sold out show. And they're like, how fast can you learn this set? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I've been listening to most of these songs because it was all the singles and more of the radio stuff. stuff. Like, I've been listening to most of these songs, but I've never played these songs. It's a whole different thing sitting behind the guy and then actually, right. you know, orchestrating this band because they don't play to a click. They don't play oh, to any really? type of tracks. There's nothing. It's like they don't oh, play I to any know of that. it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So there's nothing helping you. Yeah. They're like the most authentic, legit, real band. That rules. And, uh, yeah. So I'm like, okay. Uh, I was like, give me a day maybe. And then they're like, all right, we'll go to guitar center and get whatever it is that you need. That's going to make you feel comfortable. Pedals, symbols, whatever it is. Here's the credit card. Go now, get a pad, start listening to those songs. I literally went to guitar center and all I could think about getting was just like a pair of drumsticks because I was already kind of like used to his kit a little bit, but sure. I'm like, what do I need? Like, I'm just it's like also so weird just being given moment. a credit card and just saying, yeah, like, go so for get it, whatever you want. Yeah, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I'd rather have a limit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I was just like, I don't know what I really need. I just like maybe a better pair of drumsticks. And they called me while I was there and they're like, hey, man, like we'd actually discuss this and we can't cancel the show tomorrow. So we have to have you learn the set tonight and be oh prepared God. by tomorrow. Yes. So they contacted Volby and let them know the situation. And those dudes actually gave up their entire they rushed to get in early that day, set up all their stuff, did a quick line check and gave us their entire sound check time. And then they also gave us our sound check time because wow, it was cool. just supposed to be super cool. So it's supposed to just be Trivium and Volbeat on that tour. And another band had actually bought on. Um, it was like a smaller band. I can't remember their name. So there was a allotted amount of time that, you know, both bands were able to get sound checks, but they were cool enough to give, you know, me some more time as well. And I was just, I remember running through the set just being so nervous. Yeah. So damn nervous. 
and then ended up playing the show. And I just remember staring at the back of Matt Hafey's jacket the whole time, just thinking, do not mess this up. Cause like, if you do one thing wrong, it's just going downhill. And I'm like, how embarrassing it would be to mess this whole thing up in front of 3000 people and like all these label people and stuff. Cause it, it was in New York. So like some people drove up, like, sure. some, yeah. you know, Niagara falls. And it was like, Oh my gosh, this is a nightmare, but also like, <laughs> the craziest experience I've ever had in my life. Um, was it fun or was it just too nerve wracking the whole time? It was definitely fun. Like I got to finally like sit on that throne and like right. be what, what, on that type of stage at that magnitude. What, what was the show that you like? When was the last time you had played a show before that one? Oh my gosh. Uh, with a like a small band I put together with my high school friends, like a couple kids in my senior class, like in high school. Are you kidding? And it me? was like maybe like a yeah, it's maybe a talent show that we did. We did a battle of the bands for fun, and I put together a couple like festival style shows where we promoted it through the school and had like three hundred kids come out to my friend's garage and had like an extended pole barn <laughs> put together and stuff. And like that was pretty much like the last shows that I played. When, it so was just like what, quick, what was that? put together like 10 local years stuff. before that. Like how long ago was that? Uh, probably three years before. Okay, that's that's still fucking crazy. That's insane. Yeah, um, but it, it wasn't anything like we played like five songs. You know what I mean? Like no, I know it's like you never actually really you know, so, played a show. Yeah. <laughs> played a show. Yeah, right. I'm I'm rocking a in ear monitor pack in ears like. I have a crew around me, you know, I mean, I'm stepping off a bus to walk to stage. Like it was, a, it was from like playing basically pizza shops to like, you're actually in this. It went from like playing elementary school football in the backyard to the NFL over yeah. overnight. And That's I was just crazy. Like, what the hell? That's sick. It was insane. Um, but it was wild. It was definitely pretty dope. It was very dope. Yeah. Um, and so when did from ashes to new come into play then? So I finished with the Trivium Dudes in 2015. They let me go after Not Fest about a week and a half, two weeks after that. Uh -huh. um, and I was looking for work. And for a while, I couldn't find anything. And I got on Facebook one day and I was scrolling through Facebook and Grant McFarland, who produced their first record, the Day One album, um, he's a local guy to hear. And I was mm -hmm. kind of familiar with him because he played with ricky right so he was in a band with ricky this or the apocalypse so i was buddies with ricky i was buddies with grant on facebook and stuff and i saw grant had posted hey this internationally touring band is looking for a drummer um need somebody serious need you to be able to send some sort of resume or anything like that so i hit him up and was like hey man like who's the band he's like i'm not going to disclose details and anything but he's like i'm going to pass you along to whoever needs to be talked to and so he passed it along and I believe that he sent it to Matt and Tim, the old drummer. And Tim was a huge Trivium fan. So he's like, yo, this dude, you know, Matt Madero is hitting me up about it, blah, blah, blah. He's like, do you want me to send him over stuff? And they were just like, no, like we, we know who he is. Like we're on board if, if he's down to do this. Oh, that's tight. And they're like, well, where do you need, like, where do you need to fly from all this stuff? And I was like, I live 45 minutes away. Like I'll drive with my drums in the back of my car. Like, this is why yeah. I want to take this opportunity because you guys are based in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and I live about 45 minutes east, closer to Philly. 
And they're like, oh, shit, like, this is perfect then. Like, yeah, just drive on down. Like, let's do this. That couldn't so have I worked went out any more in. perfect. Jesus. Insane. Yeah. It was, and it's more of a style that I'm into. Um, I'm definitely more of, like, I like hip-hop and shit like that. So yeah. it's like I grew up listening to Linkin Park. Who hasn't? So it's definitely more me. So I'm like, this is perfect. You know, so I went and I did the fill-in tour because Tim at the time, who was in the band, he was getting married. And they had the CD release tour with the uh, on the Atreyu run with at the time they were called Devil You Know. Now it's I think yeah. like Torch. We just did and, the tour uh, with those guys. Oh yeah, I saw that. That's right. Yeah, Howard's super dope. Dude, Such a nice dude. Um, also, just like uh, a superhuman. I don't know how he does what yeah. he does every day. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to disclose yeah. what it is that he does, but I'll tell you yeah, yeah. the story because I don't know if he'd become. It's not super. It's not weird or anything, but. Uh, I'd have to. I'm sure he would share it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he can't process we'll things that like that guy can. It's unreal. On a on a note about him, it's like I understand what you're saying because we, when I was working for a band after I filled in for From Ashes to New, I was working for a band called Oni, and they're a prog metal band, and they were on a tour with Devil You Know. Um, Devil You Know took them out in Europe, and we shared a bus together. And those dudes are super awesome. And yeah. I got to talk with Howard a whole bunch, which is super surreal for me because I'm like, damn, I grew up listening to a that bunch like, of your stuff. Me too, man. Like, this is crazy. Me too. So nice. So humble, dude. But yeah, some of the stuff like, I'm just like. I aspire to be sure. able to do what he does. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> um, I'm working yeah, on it right now as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, filled in with those dudes. And I just – at the end of the tour, we drove back home and I was like, guys, like, I don't really have anything, but I was like, I know you have your dude, but I also know that there's some differences. And I was like, joking, but seriously, I was like, hit me up if anything ever changes. Cause I was talking about trying to do music with some of them off to the side or anything like that. I was like, well, let me know if anything ever changes. Let me know if you guys hear of anybody looking for anything. So October of that same year, 2016, I got a call from Matt, uh, from Matt and Brandon. Brandon was in the band and, um, he was the old other guitar player besides Lance. And they called me and were like, yo, are you still looking to play drums for anybody? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, how would you feel about coming and joining us? It's like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm about it. So, so you jumped, so you were officially it. with them in 2016. Yeah. Okay. It was just like unannounced. Tim had start, like still had to finish some tours. Um, and by the end of the year, I think in November, it wrapped up before like Christmas time or something like that, or right after Thanksgiving. Uh, and they left. And that's also, we had one more tour to do, I believe, on that album cycle where they did. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was going to finish it out with them. And it was shiprocked. And then it was going to be a headliner. And Palisades is going to be on it. And I think Lacey Storm is, or Sturm, I forget how to pronounce it, but she took over the headlining spot but the Got tour it. was doing really really well for from ashes to new and would have set from ashes to new up especially with the debut record that they had mm -hmm. uh, it was like the one of the biggest rock debuts they were told in the last 10 years for wow. day one they sold like ten thousand copies in the first week that's crazy um, if not over yeah so like the band was set to do really really well and then chris and i mean tim no not throwing it out there like i'm being disrespectful but the drummer really didn't matter to leave the band, but the voice did, you know? So when Chris yeah. left, yeah. a lot of people kind of wrote the band down a little bit. It was like, oh, well, you know, obviously this band isn't working out. They just released an album nine months ago and now people are leaving. So it kind of got written off a little bit. 
So we've been playing a little bit of catch up, but um, yeah, so we were going to do ship rocked and then that tour, but Chris decided, nah, man, I'm out. And he left right before those tours. So kind of screwed us a little bit. Yeah. So you, um, how long were you in a lot of details that? that we found out? That you don't we, have to, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of stuff behind this situation. A lot of people don't really know. Um, but but uh, we had to basically go inactive from all of 2017 to working on the record during 2017. And then we didn't get the tour again until 2018. Uh, Ten years took us out. And that was the first band that like believed in the band again. And we're like, you know what? Like these dudes had something good. We're hearing some of their newer songs. Like, let's take them out and let's, you know, get them on a tour because nobody wanted to touch the band after that. They were really? all scared to take the band out. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. We, we had a, a really hard battle to get people to want to start believing in us again. And, um, well, it, it was definitely hard. Rebounded I mean, we, we went inactive. We're trying. We're definitely I feel like you guys are crushing it right now. Like the new songs, I feel like they're everywhere. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm noticing panic is definitely, that was our favorite and panic i feel like i think that's uh, on rules dude it's, it's like it's hard thank you <laughs> yeah it's it, hard yeah that's where we we've realized too like all right where did this band come from and then also it, the last record was the first time the four of us ever wrote together mm-hmm. uh lance had been in the band prior but never had done any music with matt matt had been the ones you know the one with the producer grant on the previous stuff, writing a lot of it. So it was like, it was a new experience for us. And we yeah. tried to open up some doors and we kind of realized that we weren't necessarily opening up those doors as much as we were kind of like almost stepping away from the fan base. And we're like, all right, we realized our flaws. And then this record that we're doing and getting ready to release in August, uh, we realized where we needed to be with it. And we're, we definitely pushed the envelope like panic. We went heavier. We Danny has been crushing it with his vocals. Yeah, and like, he sounds great. You know, heard what the fans were saying. They felt like, you know, we took too light of approach and they wanted more of Danny's balls to come out in the songs. And, and Danny does not disappoint on this record. I will say that I this record has some pretty dope stuff. I've also, um, what? I've seen his balls. <laughs> yeah, you actually have. <laughs> He's also seen yours. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, there was a good text thread between our bandwagons that might have had several. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I will uh, say, there is is still conversation about um, the time where Danny mooned us from your bandwagon video. Uh, (laughs) Bandwagon window. Uh, to ours, um, because yeah. someone swears there was like a one foot long hair hanging right out of his asshole. <laughs> oh no, that's a very possible. That's a very very possible thing. For some reason, he's a <laughs> redheaded dude with very blonde hair, but the crack of his ass is like a fucking forest. Oh my <laughs> god, dude! It was it was he loves, something else. He it was like loves a... to show his ass. <laughs> Wait, was it him that you told me? Whenever he farts, he sticks his bare ass out of his bunk. Yeah. <laughs> so Alex Demas, we're on the uh, Breaking Benjamin Five Figure Death Punch Arena tour in 2018. At the end of it, and Alex Demas is laying. He's the front 
section of the bus of the bunk alley and the band was all in the back section and he's driver side bottom bunk he goes to like he's laying in his bunker he's doing something in his bunk and danny was above me passenger side back okay uh middle bunk and he hears Danny like rustling around or something. So he goes to look out and he's the only one awake. Everybody else is asleep. And he sees Danny just open his curtain, stick his bare ass out of the curtain and just rip a fart and just shut the curtain really fast. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? We still laugh about it. We still talk about it all the time. Oh, that's it so is good. the weirdest thing. But that is Danny. Like Danny is like the funniest. Like he's a child at heart for sure. The uh, the last tour we were on in Europe when we were out with um, Papa Roach and Hollywood Undead, um, I sleep in passenger side top back, uh, and Dan mm-hmm. sleeps driver side bottom back on the opposite side, so I can look down at him. Um, but um, I yeah. there were some nights where I would just wake up at t- for some reason on this tour I was always terrified that we were going to crash, so I would be horrified and just wake up in the middle of the night. Um, so I would be, up. I always had night terrors in Europe. Oh dude, it's, it's horrifying. Um, so I woke, I would wake up and just be up. And there were times where I would hear Dan fart and then go, huh? <laughs> like wake himself up and then, and then go, <laughs> and then just laugh himself <laughs> back to sleep. <laughs> It's like he smelled it and he realized what he did. He's like, oh, this goes back to sleep. Yeah, like he did it. Is I just... was just here. I hear Danny all the time doing that shit. <laughs> That's so good. Danny um, is like, he's just always farting. Yeah, I feel like I knew that about him. I knew that about him very quickly. Um, I forgot about the day that he mooned you guys. Were we at the gas station? Were we at the pilot or something? I feel like we were at I remember... a rest area. And I'm trying to... we were throwing stuff back and forth to each other through the windows as well. And I remember I came out and I squeegeed your guys' windows and stuff. And you guys were like mooning me and like trying to do a whole <laughs> bunch of weird stuff. That was that was but like we were the f- most fun I've had on tour with Ice Nine so far. Was that those tours? That was yeah. They were so that was so fun. much fun. They like, were so fun. We acted like a bunch of idiots the entire time. Like really stupid people. We we were so stupid yeah. <laughs> and like so annoying. Like our IQ was like one. And it was just like the whole tour package was like that. It was just like the most perfect group of bands to just be like really I feel like dumb. If, I feel like if anybody ever hears that was around us, especially us, make it wood. One more time, they're Dude, probably gonna just. I was talking about that like, yesterday. I, I was I I found all the old uh, the tour crew shirts from that tour, and they all say "Make uh-huh. It Wood" on the back, right? And I completely <laughs> forgot that that was a thing. But do you remember, like, people were like chanting that at us at shows? It went like at the shows. Yeah, yeah. It went like viral in our scene. It was so weird. We should give backstory on this. <laughs> I don't think the, we could just say "Make It Wood" and have people part. know what we're talking about. Um, like the fact that we put ourselves out there so much being so stupid online that it like adapted into the fans coming to the shows that they knew our inside jokes in the crowd was like, what is happening? Yeah, it was it like was the wild. entire show was more of like an experience of the tour than it was like the individual bands because there was there was absolutely stuff going on the entire show, like whether it was in the crowd or like 
on stage, there was yeah. some weird shit happening <laughs> somewhere. My my favorite guest appearance uh, has definitely been Joey's Big CD. It's um, been my favorite act of that entire tour. My solo project. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell the Joey's Big CD story. So what? Uh, we're it was the last day of that tour, wasn't it? It was the last um, day uh, of our co-headliner at Black Sheep in mm-hmm. Colorado. Um, and what you guys had a microwavable big ZD tray, and I don't know who came up with the idea. Dude, was it, it you? Or I was had it been somebody else. I had been wanting to do that for years, years. <laughs> like it is something that I had wanted to do for so long, and then Don, our tour manager just put it on the schedule without telling me. And I just saw it in master tour and I ran over and I was like, do I really get to do this? And she was like, yeah. yeah I just it. remember, I remember breaking out the table that we had. So, cause like we had the skillet and stuff to like make breakfast, some foods and stuff. Mm-hmm. We break out the table, put a cloth over it. You're dressed up in a nice button up, like tucked to your shirt in afterlife. I remember we mobbed afterlife stage when they were on and in between was it or no who it was after hawk yeah that's what it was and hawk it was played before afterlife hawk opened uh, yeah. for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then so it was yeah when afterlife is trying to set their stage we're literally setting up joey's big ZD, and the, there was a light show for you I was your butler standing next to you, like waiting for you to like need your mouth wiped. And I just dabbed your mouth a couple times like we had wine for you. <laughs> you had a whole yeah. speech at the first. Patrick came the out with a bottle of wine. literally had a chant. That you literally had a chant going for you while you were eating Big ZD. Completely silent. Yeah, had a it was great. whole crowd chant. And then you put your hand up. They started screaming. And then you put the fork up like it was a drumstick and threw it out in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I still have the video. It's so good. That's the bad. It's it's one of my favorite jokes I've ever done. Um, yeah, and I it was like five minutes of me ch- just up there eating pasta in silence with you just standing next to me. <laughs> <laughs> just with a towel, just holding it like a butler, just waiting for you to like need anything. And then we did it again in, I'm trying in Portland. So hard. Oh wait, I missed that one. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Yeah, you guys I missed didn't make that, that one. I wasn't show. there. Yeah, it was just us and Hawk, I think, and then we did it again. Yeah, I, I, I've actually <laughs> like so good. I bet you there's a way, like, because I've been talking to some of my buddies' bands, like that may end up um, touring before Ice Nine, if and when that happens. Um, that would allow yeah. me to just go out and like tech on it, and I bet you I can talk them into just putting me on the entire tour doing that oh definitely <laughs> definitely you should be the opening act yeah joey so people TV. are just like what is this show about like <laughs> you need to be on like the actual tour flyer so like, start an instagram page make a facebook like have joey's big ZD just somehow become a thing do you know do you remember the little green man joke i would tell no you don't remember that it was like an, Wait, I don't it, it's the I don't want to tell it because it's an anti joke so it takes like a half an hour but it's not the one you're thinking of that I told at the bar that got a lot of people mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's the <laughs> Wait, those girls got so offended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They did they not were like that. They complete strangers. They did it took not like, like that. 20 minutes to explain and they were just like 
are you kidding me? <laughs> they were so offended. But it was a yeah, joke so in that style that where there was no punchline, right? Um, but I remember, <laughs> I remember telling it at the lake when we went there. But um, the other band I play in, Nova Charisma, we went on tour and, and we played in England, in London. And they let me tell that joke before we played, which is like a 10-minute long joke with zero punchline like nothing funny happens that's what's so funny for it about me so i went up there and and said the joke for 10 minutes and then i said the punchline and it was dead silent and then i just walked over to to my instrument we just started playing (laughs) it's like a really proud moment for me i loved it they were probably they're probably just like i don't know if i even like this band anymore it was the best it was like it made me so happy. <laughs> I oh love doing God. shit like that. Oh, it was That's so good. so good. I you're gonna have to tell me this joke again. I, it's not. It's not even like inappropriate. It's just you would love it. You would love this joke. I can't believe you don't know what I'm talking about. So I will tell you the joke. But listen, I know uh, you have to run. So I'm gonna ask yeah. you one more question, um, really yeah, quickly. Um, I asked it to everyone that comes on. I want you to. Um, Give me a tour story that stands out to you that is like – give me like the uncensored version, like something – the last one, <laughs> we had Capstan on and they talked about how one of their members accidentally peed in another member's mouth while they were sleeping. <laughs> Shit like that. You know, it was, it was really, really – it's a – I don't know if that story will be topped for a while. It was pretty good. Oh my gosh. This is always the hardest question because I feel like there's so many different things that happen, but I, I, I and really you also have to be careful about so what much you say. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Because you don't want to throw anyone there's under been, the bus for stuff either. A lot of mine haven't been like, that's disgusting or that's crazy. It's just kind of stupid, drunken, like cool moments yeah, or something. Are the best. Um, there's definitely been. I don't know. I mean, there's I'm been some I'm wild trying to stuff, think of but one I with feel you. like I've been so blacked out. <laughs> there's a lot of times where I've just been so blacked out, and that's when everything happens. Is there? <laughs> it, was there a the particularly memorable night from when we were on tour? I feel because I feel like there was so many, but I'm having a hard time like remembering. Oh, there were so many, but any time that we would all be out. We would just be getting wasted. The, the Dallas time. night I remember was deep, really good. Yeah. Deep Ellen. Dallas night was crazy. Yeah. I was just about to say, I remember uh, we were all there. It just like absolutely ran this bar. Like there was probably 10 people in there before. And we came in with a squad of like 20 people, if not more. Yeah. And just took over this bar. We're like, throwing elmo in the chair like up in the oh air like, running him around the bar i forgot all about that <laughs> like wait do you remember the birthday just, joke everybody was all yeah and we're just like screaming happy birthday and like acting like it was a bar mitzvah basically yeah. in the so chair our, like, but our sound guy elmo we would wherever we went out we would say it was his birthday so that the staff would like bring him cake and shit <laughs> And so we would always sing Happy Birthday to The one night where it was some of my guys and most of your guys, and we were at the, I think, Texas Roadhouse, and we got him like, bring a whole cake and sing to him there. Even. Oh, and like, they put him on the saddle. And he, 
Yeah. <laughs> they put him on the saddle and like he was getting so annoyed. He was like so fed up with afterwards. He was just like, guys, please, like it's not my birthday. <laughs> oh, Wait, man. That that was I'm also the day that like, um Derek, our merch guy, had just went to Krispy Kreme and brought a bunch of donuts back to Texas Roadhouse and started throwing them to people around the restaurant asking them if they wanted donuts. That's right. That's right. There's just so many like little things that I feel like it just blends into each other. I, I mean, these are good enough oh, little man. mini stories for me too. Fuck, that was such a good tour. I mean, definitely I wasn't all right, so I wasn't there, but Danny talks about this all the time. They laugh about it hysterical, like hysterically all the time. They're in an Einstein's bagel or something like that. And if he listens to this, he's going to know exactly what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> but they're in an Einstein's bagel. And as you know, like Lance doesn't have much of a reaction. And Lance absolutely hysterically laughed for this. But I guess they're in there. And Danny has the worst bowel movements probably out of anybody and has a hard time. We're just talking about his ass so much in this podcast. <laughs> so much. So much. Just caption this Danny's ass. Yeah, <laughs> this is the yeah. podcast name. Um, so they were there, and I guess he has to go to the bathroom and literally hits him all at once. He's like, Oh my god, I have to go right now. And goes to like, I guess get up, or something happened where he thought he could let out a little bit of a fart to help him and ends up shitting his pants <laughs> to a point where he was wearing sweatpants. Oh. And to a point where it literally, because it was so gross, ended up some through his sweatpants oh onto God. the chair. So when he got up, there was a drop on the chair no. and a stain in his sweatpants. <laughs> and no, he's just, dude. Lance is literally sitting there cackling, like hysterically <laughs> laughing. <laughs> It was like him, Matt, and and Danny, or Lance, Matt, and Danny. And, dude, he just, like, ran into the bathroom and just, like, had to let it go. But, like, oh, he still – he thinks it's hilarious. That's he's, so like, good. He's, like, not offended by it at all. That's he, so good. He's just, like, it happened. Um, I shit my pants for the first time since uh, <laughs> being, like, a toddler in November on tour in a hotel Wait, lobby. Really? Were you just <laughs> – <laughs> which I then had to ride the hotel, the, the elevator up with <laughs> shitty pants with um, like five other people. And it just smelled <laughs> like shit. It was, it was horrible. But to be fair, I'm I was, so I was really sick. It, it wasn't like a, I was having a really bad time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, like there, there's a reason. Like you weren't just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna trust this fart. You just shit your yeah, pants. Yeah. Like if yep. you're like sick, it's it's a little different. But yeah. still, to stand in an elevator and just know that you're just holding like some liquid. Oh death yeah, right and there's there, there's <laughs> no way. Like, like if you saw a picture of that elevator and you were like, which one of these dudes shit his pants? There's no way <laughs> it wasn't me. Like. <laughs> Like I, I looked so fucking guilty in that <laughs> elevator because I was like horrified. Like, dude, so I was like unshowered and like I had just gotten like I was coming from the show, so I had like piece like little bits of makeup on my face still and stuff. <laughs> you, you probably look like a homeless person. <laughs> These people were probably like, "What the fuck is wrong with this dude?" <laughs> smell. I should have just like really leaned into it and just kept doing it like really loudly 
<laughs> just owned it. Just went with yeah. it. Just looked at them and be like, sorry, you got to deal with this, but <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. All right. Well, at that note, I think that's, that's a great place to wrap up. Um, is, there anything, <laughs> is there anything that you want to just shout out before we, uh, we end here? Uh, well, when is this coming? This is coming out pretty soon, right? This will be out tomorrow because uh, I need oh. it to. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm going to do the uh, old uh, shameless self-promotions of the new album. comes out August 28th, the new album Panic. Definitely scope it out. Pre-orders are already up. Sweet. All right, dude. Well, let's talk soon. I'm gonna I'm gonna call you this week to tell you that joke. Absolutely. Please do. <laughs> All right. I gotta remember it because I'm pretty sure you did tell me. Yeah, I think I did too, but I think you'd still get a kick out of it anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, dude. Well, Tate, yeah. be safe. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Talk to you. Dylan, Marley, you've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.